Hi everyone. In this chapter, I sit down with Chris Fade, who is a great speaker, as you will know. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation a lot about life. And if you want to see the video version, you can find it on my YouTube channel. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. Kristen Fahad, صح? That's right. I got it right? You got it right. Kristen George Fahad. Kristen George, I didn't find. Yeah. I'm going to start with a very basic question that I like to start with, that I feel uh, people don't give it enough um, gravity, mm. which is uh, an honest answer that I'm looking for of how you're really doing. Doing good. Best I've done in a long time. Why would you say that? Why I'm saying I'm doing... Best that you've done in a long time. <sighs> struggles. You get, everyone goes through struggles. There's not one person on this planet, I don't care who you are, that hasn't gone through a struggle. Um, where I am right now, I feel the strongest I've ever been, physically and mentally. And uh, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy where life has taken me. I'm happy where I've taken my life. Yeah, yeah. I'd give credit there for sure. Thanks. Um, I want to get to know you a bit more. So I'll start with your childhood. Mm. How was that for you when you remember it now? Childhood was great. Yeah. Childhood was good. We grew up in uh, Sydney, Australia, a typical Lebanese family. Mum and dad migrated from Lebanon when they were younger because of the war. Mm. And, uh, you know, some, some families went to Canada, some went to America, some went to Australia. So we grew up. I've got two older sisters, a younger brother, the four of us, a good, a good family upbringing. We yeah. were, we were, you know, we had money, not a lot of money, but we, we, we did well. Dad, um, give credit to my dad. He was, uh, taken out of school at the age of 14 to run the local grocery store that his family owned. Mm. And, uh, from that progressed up to managing a, a, a car dealership, a BMW dealership for 35 years or so in Sydney. And okay. childhood was good, man. Went to a great school. Didn't do good at school. Didn't do well. Mm. wasn't for me but good friendships growing up in sydney was beautiful nice and the relationship with your parents how how is amazing it? still today yeah yeah it's still today my mommy's boy that's good I'm proud of it and the well. father 100% it's funny my dad what what you'll find when you become and you're a father i think as we get older we become softer yeah you know I was, what i mean i think when we become fathers I'm told that we got, I became a bit, 100%. my heart became a bit softer. 100%. You become softer now that you've got kids and you get older. My father, growing up, he was always, he, he was always stern. He was the stern one, you yeah. know, loving, but he just had his way. Mm, the Arab way, yeah. The Arab way, 100% yeah. Arab way. I, I find it, I find it in me sometimes as I get older, mm. which I like, you know, I like to have that quality. And so, but as he gets older, he's even softer now as well, mm. you know, and I love that. My parents, mm. They live in Sydney. They, they come out here to Dubai or the UAE a couple of times a year. Yeah. Make sure that we get out, want to spend that quality time. They spend a couple of months with me at a time. Mm. You know, that's the hardest thing when you, when you have to leave your country yeah. to do what you love and what you want to do is the family. We're a really close knit family. But you've been here also a very long time. 11 now. years. Yeah. I came here for two. Interesting. Yeah. I think most people that come, they don't have the plan to stay longer. And then I think at one point they're like six, eight years and like, oh, how, how did that happen, you know? You know, it's crazy. Like, you don't realize how quick time flies here. You don't realize it. Like, if someone, I remember that, I remember being at Sydney airport with my mum and dad, my brother, my sister, my auntie and my uncles were there. And I said, see you guys, I still remember hugging my parents. Wow. And saying, and mum was crying. Mm. And she's like, Habibi, I love you. Why are you leaving me? I said, Mom, I'll be back in a couple of years. Don't worry. Everything will be cool. I'll see you. Yeah. And, you know, for the first six years, they would kept saying to me, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? Hmm. Now they stopped asking that question. Yeah, now they come and visit. Yeah. I keep saying, when are you going to come live here? When hmm. are you going to come live here? Do you think that, because I do find that you've, um, I don't know you closely, but I would say it seems you've kind of, from the outside, that you've cracked the code of living hungry but healthy. Like I find what I see from we interact on social media that you've given everything its time. Yeah, Annie, I have my kids' time, I have my radio time, I have my business time, I have my love time. So you're you're giving everything its fair time according to Chris. 
not according to what's written in a book. Time management is my biggest thing. And I learned that maybe four years ago, how important time management is. Mm. Every hour of my day is filled. I know exactly where I'm going to be. I knew I was going to be here. It's Today all... we started on, on time. Oh, I, I know. And, I'm, and I appreciate that because yeah. I don't appreciate when people are late. Same. I think it's a lack of respect. A hundred percent. And it's, I understand if you're stuck in traffic, et cetera, a couple sure. of minutes here and there. But when people are late, 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 and it's a continuous thing, for me, that's out. But I'm done. I'm finished. Because mm. it is a lack of respect for each other's time. You know, so I love, I love thing. I love just the same things happening all the time. I like a routine. Human some, beings generally, it's healthy. Yeah, well, some people don't. Some people don't like I routines. think you have to break it. Occasionally. Every two, three months, break it, on do something. Yeah, exactly. I go on a vacation. Yeah. Don't know what, I've got no plans. But when I'm in my mode here, I love routine. I wake up at 4.20 every morning. I know that for a fact. My body does it now naturally. It's still not easy to do. Hmm. I do a morning show on the radio. And I know from 4.20 till 11 o'clock, I'm committed to what I've got to do on Virgin Radio. Yeah. And straight after that, I do my hour, usually 90-minute gym session, you know. And then from there, my meetings are aligned. Try to pick up the kids from school, spend time with the kids for a couple of hours, yeah. put them to bed at night. I try to do that every single night when I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Even this, you know, we're, 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 even when I was filming this, it's in that time frame of the kids going to bed. So I would say to them, girls, stay up for 30 minutes. I'll be home to put you to bed. I think consistency is very important. And vice versa, it's good for me, but it's also good for the kids. You know? I asked somebody recently, because I, I think we all as parents also have this um, debate, internal debate. And I'm like, is it wrong that I build routines for my kids? Like every Saturday we go to my mother's house, every this we do this. And they're like, no, it's actually healthy that they have right. that, cons- they know what to expect. It's not abrupt. 100%. You know? 100%. Routine is so important, especially for kids. They need to know when they have to come home and do certain things. Mm. You know, I just implemented in our household a chart which gives them I'm, – I'm, I teach my kids about money. Yeah. They're 10 and 8, two girls. Very good. And I've just implemented a chart two months ago which gives them three dirhams for making their bed. Okay. Three dirhams for taking their plates from the table. Three dirhams because of inflation, I think. It was one dirham when we were, when we were <laughs> here. Okay. But by the end of the week, they've got, there's, there's a bunch of tasks that they can do. They can earn up to mm. 170 dirhams a week. Nice. That's, that, that's what they can get up to. So last week, for example, they, one made 90 dirhams, the other one made 95. And I said, I gave them the cash and they, they save it. I'm teaching them the art of saving. And I said to them, but you missed out on how much, you know? Mm. You missed out on some, you know, 75, 75 dirhams. So I want them to understand that. But now they're in that routine. I think that's really important. I like it. You know? Yeah. What about um, school? Was it smooth for you? No bullying, none of that? Because the bullying topic has come up so much recently, mm. not only on Instagram, but even in my interviews. Sure. I talked to guests and then, thankfully, I was lucky not to go through it personally. But when I hear how adults that I talk to has affected them, it's striking. It's shocking how they don't forget. You're like, I left the classroom. I saw my name written on every 100%. wall. And I'm like, wow, like, it's scarring. I wasn't bullied. Was I picked on occasionally? Yeah, but I think a lot of kids are picked on. I think the biggest thing that we have to understand here and where we're sitting in the year 2020 hmm. is the word bullying. Is in, it's, a, it's a strong word to use, and people are throwing that out. Oh, he's bullied. I'll stop bullying that person. Mm. There's a difference between having fun with someone and really bullying. Like banter or bullying. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's where with social media, people are so quick to judge now. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're being bullied, believe me, you know, you've been bullied. I would be my surname growing up in Australia. I was a Lebanese kid. I didn't want to be Arab. You know, there's a reason why I can understand Arabic. Mm. I don't speak it very well. The reason why is because I never wanted to speak Arabic at home. I mm. wanted to get away from it. Disconnect. We're Australian. I wanted, I wanted to be white Australian guy. I wanted to be what we used to call the, the Australian skips, mm. like skippy, like a kangaroo, right? Mm-hmm. We were called wogs. I didn't want to be a wog, right? But going to school, you get picked on sometimes. Like an Aussie guy, you know, the Australian would be like, oh, you're wog. You know what I mean? And that's a derogatory term in Australia. You wouldn't use that, you know. And so that would happen occasionally. But was I bullied where I was, I didn't want to go to school? Not. No. I felt like I was at school, I was, 
I was friends with the Italians. I was friends with the Lebanese. I was friends with the Australians. I was friends with the Greeks. Mm. I had a, I, I sort of just went into circles where it's very common in Australia where you go to the lunch, you, you know, the playground, you'd have the Italians in one corner, you'd have yeah. the Lebanese sitting here. You know, it, it clicks. It, it clicks. And, you know, you're, yeah. you're all cool, but that, that's where you just hung out. Mm. And I felt with me, I was like... Cool with everyone. Yeah, I was just cool. I just wanted to be, you know, I was a tiny, I was tiny, man. I Going to school, I was the smallest kid in the school. Okay. You know, I didn't have my growth spurt till I was about 19, 20 years old. I had no facial hair. I, look I like, was late also. Well, yeah, I look yeah. like a girl, man. Like, I literally look like a girl. My, mm-hmm. I still remember uh, two occasions... I was 13 years old. Mm. I picked up my mum from work, as in I went to go pick her up. The girl that walked out of the store next to my mum said, your daughter's so beautiful. <laughs> and, I, and I still and remember, you're like, I still remember my mum going, it's actually my son. Wow. And, I, and, and we didn't even talk about it, but I still remember that moment. Yeah. I remember being in a taxi and this guy, I started working when I was pretty young. At the age of 13, I worked in a cafe, right? Yeah. Just making shakes. And uh, I used to catch this taxi every Sunday. And I remember doing this whole ride and, and the driver going, can I ask you something? I paid the bill. I paid the fare. Yeah. He's like, I want to ask you something, kid. I said, what's up? It's like, you a boy or a girl? Shit. You know, and I remember that. That, that hit, you know. Mm, mm. But I look back, I look like a girl. Like, I look yeah. very feminine. I had long hair. Yeah. But, you know. It is Bro, what it is. I remember going to my mom, I'm like, I don't have hair on my legs. I, I like, I wish I have. And now, <laughs> now you're like, like, I don't want the hair on my yeah, legs anymore. Exactly. Get rid of it. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously growing up as a guy, as a, you know, it is interesting because you go to school and, you know, I remember some of the kids back then were even shaven at the age of, yeah. you know, 14, 15. Or they're 16. tall and you're short. I felt yeah. like I was that, you the know. The voice. That, yeah. I, I was know? a late developer. So I, I didn't get picked on for that, but I, did feel somewhat insecure about it, but then, you know, I see some of the guys from my school years later, and they, whoa, man, like, you know, yeah. like, you grew. I'm like, yeah, I grew. You know, we <laughs> yeah. grow. Interesting. Um, I hear different feedback. You're very much loved, and then some people will say things like, uh, Chris is very loud, he's annoying, he's full of himself. Yeah, I love that. How, how would you respond to that? I love it. How, how they so? haven't met me half these people. True. That's what I love. You're talking about me. Keep it. Okay. As long as they're talking, yeah. I get so much hate. You do, huh? Oh, so much. Really? Go to Reddit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Until, like, till the research, I didn't know that. I would think that somebody would say, he's cheesy because he's like in love. You know, people would hate on love and romance. Yeah. Or somebody would say, he's, he's putting on a show that, you know, fans love him. No, they actually do. So I understand when people want to hate. I receive it a lot on myself just because I'm not a typical guy, right? In, sure. in a certain society or a certain way um so i would understand that but then i'm like i didn't know that it can you're telling me it's a lot yeah it's not, well it's not a lot i listen i get so much love like that we know so much yes if i open up my instagram and just show like it makes me i love that mm. i love it the comments the people that um, i have about 1.2 million people that listen to my show every single week here in the uae okay and yeah. I, the stats that are through from ac nelson the official stats my show is the number one show the last seven years here, right? That for me makes me so happy. What? Why? Because I know that I'm saying something with Pretty and Rossi, my co-hosts on the radio, and I know that I've got a lot of the country listening to me. I also know there's parts of the country, the population, either they don't know me or they can't stand me. Mm. And I don't mind that. It's good. I don't want everyone to love me. And it's not possible. And I always say that. You and have you, to be okay with it. You got, and you've got to just be cool with it. You've got yeah. to understand that you can't please everyone. There's 10 people in a room. Let eight of them like you. Let the other two not. Sure. So with the, with the hate that I receive occasionally, I, I enjoy it. I read it. What I try to do, though, is, a, and this is one thing that I've learned as I mature, is let's say we post something on Instagram. We get 250 amazing comments. You like it. You get one comment. What do you, you remember want to do? that one? Yeah. You want to, you want to respond to the negative comment. Mm. And that's one thing that I've learned. I like to respond to the positive comments and I'll also respond to the negative comments. Yeah. I think it's important to give it its balance, but I've met people sometimes, you know, there was a guy, I was leaving um, an event the other night and this guy had a really good night. He'd been drinking a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was talking to some... Uh, some Feel some, free on the show. You can swear, yeah. you can do whatever. I'm, There's I'm not always, the radio. I'm always me. I'm always me. Okay. So I, I uh, as he walked out, I was chatting to some listeners of my show, some of my... You know, I don't like to call them fans. I like to call it just a community, like just, you know, mm. the guys that follow me. And uh, he's in the background. He's walking. I say, ah, he's a British dude. Is that Chris Fade again? Is he just telling another story about himself? And I said, I'm telling another story about myself, bro. He goes, yeah, that's all you do is tell another story about yourself. You tell it all the time. I was like, well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Because he's listening to the yeah. show. Yeah. He, he knows. And then he, he commented something else about the show, which means that he's listening to the show, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then as we drove off, I was in this, I was in a, in a car. My driver was taking me away and he was trying to find a taxi. And I put the window down and he had his two mates and said, you want to, uh, you need a lift? He's like, if I get in the car, are you going to tell me a story about yourself? <laughs> yeah. I said, I probably will. He goes, no, nah, I don't want to go then. I said, all right, mate, you have a good night. And we drove off. Like it was pleasant. He doesn't like me, this guy. From what he understands, he's never met me. That's the first interaction that we've ever had. Yeah. But that's what it is. People aren't going to like you. You know, I'll get onto Reddit. People will send me, I don't look at it, but some people will send me comments to Reddit or Instagram or whatever it is. And I read it. I find it actually comical. Like I find it pretty humorous mm. that because I know me, I, if I don't know the person, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's someone who's a celebrity, like who I can't stand, I'm not going to take the time to get on a chat and start typing away how much I can't stand this guy. Yeah. For me, I'm like, is that what you're doing with your life? Is this it where you're... It's an effort. It's an effort to, to get hate. on and hate. Absolutely. It's an effort, you know, yeah. and, you know, there was, there was one guy that used to live here, a guy or girl, he, had, he, he, was a, he was on Twitter at the time. He used to just hound me every day. He'd, he'd be posting just derogatory comments about me, whatever, whatever, and... I used to just, again, I used to laugh at it. Got to the point where he was taking photos of me, though, when I wasn't aware of it. Would you block? Um, I didn't block. I let it go. Mm. But once photos were getting taken of me, and at one time I was having a photo and I was with a friend of mine who, who was a celebrity and didn't want to be known that they were in the country. And when you come to a city like Dubai, it's amazing because you do feel a lot of celebrities come here because they know that the, there is no paparazzi walking Correct. around taking photos. But this guy was taking photos of us and putting it up on Instagram, like live feeding it, right? And so we end up having to get authorities involved in it. Yeah. Because A, it was illegal, but B, that's when I started going, all right, you can hate, I don't mind, but now you're, you're sort of freaking no, me out a little bit. It's a different bit. level. There were certain areas and, you know, I'm, I want to be an approachable, uh, an approachable person. Like, like me or hate me, say it to my face. I'm cool with it, man. Like, yeah. But no one will, haters will never come to your face. And it's say, so easy to be a superstar behind the I've, screen. I've met people who have said something on Instagram and I've confronted them about it. Yeah, and they don't know do what that. to say. No, I went stuck. straight up. I go, yo, you're the one that said that you could not stand me, da-da-da. Just... Silent. Didn't know what to say, you know, yeah. and I and I think that's important. With the love that I get, man, it's the best love I've ever received. Yeah. You know, the, the community that we have here in the UAE is beautiful. Every single religion, culture, nationality, you name it, it's fantastic. Mm. I get mums talking to me. I get the kids talking to me. I get the 26, 27-year-old boys talking to me, the gym junkies, and I love that. You know, I, I love being I, I love being that. And if I annoy you, fantastic. You know, um, I read something, uh, I was telling the team also, I read something in a, in a book recently that I really liked. You know, the, uh, on the beach, there's the wave breakers. I don't know what you call it in English. It's like the cement blocks that they put inside the beach to block the waves. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a little thing. Yeah. And it said that you should be like the wave breaker, that even if it's a, a high tide and a lot of waves, that thing just stays fixed. 100%. Even on a low tide and calm seas, It's there, solid. And I'm like, I really like that part of the book because it talks about how you let things affect you. Somebody can say, and funnily, a few weeks ago, this incident happened at an event. And I had somebody, apparently, who had also dr drank a lot of water. <laughs> and uh, she comes up to me. I don't know who this person is. And she goes, I blocked you in everything on social media. <laughs> I'm like, thank okay. you. Yeah. And then she goes, fuck you. And I'm like... Wow. In my, and, the, and her finger was here. I'm like, yeah. thanks. And she said it maybe four times. You just didn't react? And I'm like, thanks. It's, it's okay. It's your choice, you know? Of course. 
she was probably dying that she could not yeah, get a reaction. reaction. And I swear, Chris, inside me, I swear I didn't, I didn't even my pulse probably stayed like this. That's amazing. I was happy that it yeah. didn't bother me. Well, that's good. That means you that know? you've come to a, a point in your career and your in life peace. that doesn't, because maybe 10 years ago and us, that wouldn't have been you. Yes. You know? You know, you could have maybe held her hand and be like, no, how can you say this to me? Who yeah. are you? I'm offended. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an ego thing. And I read also a very interesting book about ego as the enemy and, and, I was like, I'm not, my emotions are not worth being yeah. taken by this person. Exactly. Oh. Why are you going to be affected? I don't know you. You know, again, when you grow and you mature, I feel that word mature is, is something important. You, you are, you are allowed and you, are, you allow yourself to, you're happy with your life. I'm sure you are. I'm happy I'm with my man. life. So no matter about negativity, this person coming up and giving you the finger or saying whatever to my haters, I go home to my beautiful house with my beautiful kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Blessed. I'm blessed, man. Health is everything. I talk Health about is it. everything. Yeah. And we forget. I, I don't forget now. I, I realize it. You know, like I, I know how important health is. One of my friends, and this is, you know, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, okay? What does it mean? Hypochondriac means that like, it's sort of like if you have a cough, you're like, <laughs> I've got cancer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm Googling nonstop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm always on it. But the reason why, and this is where I know that health is so important and why and I treat it so special. One of my best friends, Mark, in Australia, Egyptian, Saad, he um, 20, would have been about 22 years old, my best friend, hmm. best friend in the world. Hmm. We did everything together. Calls me up one night. I'm, uh, God, I, feel, I feel horrible, man. I've got the worst throat. I've got the killer headache. I said, you're all right? He goes, yeah, but I feel bad. Okay. I message him the next day, no answer. Call his brother, where's Mark? In hospital. In a coma. <sighs> coma. Doctors say he's probably going to die. He's got some sort of meningococcal or just some, some, some bacteria that's gone to, straight to his brain. He ended up being in a coma for about a week and a half, two weeks, when he came out of it, the doctor said he's, when he, if he does come out of this coma, which they don't think he will, he'll be, uh, mentally disabled. He comes out of it. He has to learn how to walk, talk, breathe, write. And I spent a good six months in hospital with him a couple of days a week. Whenever I could, would sit there, learn how to write, would sit there. He'd have to touch my finger with his finger and, we started off from this to this to this. Now he's 99% amazing. Hmm. He's got a functional job. He's fantastic, great family. But that moment when I was 22, 23 years old really set my mind for how important health is and how quickly it can all be taken away from you. Very true. You know, so every, and, and that has helped me be the person that I am today because I want to take every opportunity that I can. And I want it to happen. I've got, I, I'm going to keep going. I don't care if I've got. Do you a, have a FOMO, you feel? Like you're, you're, fear, fear of missing, missing out? out? Yes. Not, mm, not really. I have the fear of sometimes when I'm on holidays and I'm enjoying that. Wow, this is nice. Mm. You know, you want that. But I've got a plan in my life and I've got an age where I know that I will put the handbrake up a little bit, slow mm. down. Mm. You know, but right now I want to keep going. I don't want to be 60 years old, still going as hard as I am and looking back and thinking to myself, man, I just worked the last 40 years of my life like an animal. How old are you now? Th uh, 39. Uh, one year older. 80. 80. 80. Yeah, 81. Hmm? Oh, same generation. We are, we are exactly. I, we are I very saw, similar. I, do you know who Alan Watts is? Yeah, why do I know that name? Though? I, I, I just found, apparently it's popular. So I saw a nice video that a friend sent to me. It's a YouTube video. And he's just talking. It's a very nice voice to listen to. Mm -hmm. You're a radio, so you'd, you'd get mm -hmm. what I mean. And he said how life has been taught to, to us wrong, that life is very much like a musical symphony. When you dance, you don't say on a dance floor, we're going to dance from here till that corner and we will stop there. There's no like that. You just dance. You enjoy the moment and you move and... Same with music, when you do an orchestra, you don't think target. If there is a target, you'll finish the song in 10 seconds because I finished the target, I'm faster. Yeah. But we are taught to live yeah. life like 
You're born kindergarten, you get stars, then you go to grade one, then you finish high school, then you finish college, then an MBA, then you have to get a job, then you have to reach. And he goes, at one point, you're 60 years old or 40 years old, you're working in an insurance company, and you're like, I still don't feel good. Like all of this, all of this factory belt that I've been going from station to station, where does it take me? We're lucky that we do things we love and we, we own our time. I think that's something you'll also understand. Yes, you have your radio job, but it's also a choice because today you can say, you know, I'm just doing my business. I don't need this. But to own your time is such a blessing to say, I want today, I want to go to her. Uh, my daughters are singing in this thing. I want to go. And you can. It's amazing. You know, but it's very difficult. Like, you know, again, with social media and all these, you know, one thing that's getting me with the social media, like all these TEDx talks and all this ish that I see, I, I love them and I love watching them. But there are people doing it that shouldn't be doing it. I agree. There are people given, uh, I, I know people that like personally who are up on those stages and I know they're real life. They're miserable. And they're not doing well. Yeah. But they're up there preaching to people. Yeah. And it's turning what, what, what a Tony Robbins was back in the day, which he's still doing it now. It's turning into just someone that can act on stage and get a message out but he's not actually living what they're preaching, mm. you know, and I think that's Absolutely. the big difference. You know, going to sc- uh, 256 schools in the UAE now, the government schools are stopping homework. Mm. I'm for it. Um, absolutely. I'm Let the kid have fun. My kids, I took my kids to a school that hardly has homework compared to the one before. Yeah. Because I'm like, can they be curious and children and play in the garden? 100%. I never understood that. Because they're coming home, they're doing the homework. I mentioned this on my, my radio show and on my Instagram recently. It's actually what parent, we're, we're the ones doing the homework. I feel pressure. Yeah, I'm I, like, why did I pay so much so I can do the homework? 100%. I feel pressure. You know, I've got a, I'm like, what? The kids, you know, both of them, I want them to learn, but this is not the way that they learn. I'm, le- I'm teaching them about being entrepreneurs right now. I'm yeah. letting them know about money. I'm letting them know how. You know, but there's a tricky thing. I'll go back to what you just talked about, the motivational speaking. I find it a lot of it dangerous because they preach, be your own boss. Yes, I Be understand. this, be that, own your own money. Not everybody should be an entrepreneur. Agreed. Not, my father likes a corporate job and he had a very good career. It suited him. Some people like to go into a system, a procedure, in and out, and they have a career ladder. So preaching that, that, and then you make everybody who's not feel miserable. I agree. And then you do this motivational speaking, you get a high for a week, and then you crash back down and you feel miserable again, and then you need another one. And I don't find it sustainable. I, I, think, I think that's a really important point, which I've read as well previously, and I've, and I've seen, and I agree with it, because... Not everyone can be an entrepreneur. And one thing that we've got to understand is sometimes people will get on there and go like, yo, you want to start a business? Start your business right now. It is your, it's like, dude, this, this guy may have three, three kids, wife's not working. He's got one income and he's earning next to nothing. He's in debt $150,000. What, what do you mean? He's just, he can't. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. You know, I think being real is important, you know, and I don't, and I think it's important when we, put out our messages, you know, you and I, especially on Instagram, whatever it is, on this, on my radio show, you got to understand where other people are living and where other people the whole come from. yeah, I agree. You know, we, bro- we both had good upbringings. People, not everyone had a good upbringing. And I know people in, that, that I seen who didn't have good upbringings and yeah. see where their life took them, Sorry. you know? And I think just being real with everyone, you know, like... I, I detest sometimes seeing and seeing these influential and motivational speakers get on and making other people feel guilty. If you're an accountant and you're getting a good wage and you're happy with it, that's a great life for you, man. Yeah. Like that, you should deserve to be able to do that. You know, if you get your you get your weekends off with your kids, that's all you, you know. You have that's a good little what, life. Yeah, he said the same thing yeah, that you, you just said. He really? Said, he okay. said that. Some, we have to celebrate the guy who even makes $60,000 a year. 100%. Maybe he's happy. Maybe. I want to bake bread. Yeah, and he wants to go on two little holidays a year. Yeah. One might be in the car up the coast. The other one might be to travel back home. Like, that's the simplicities of life. And I sometimes look at that and think, I like that life. Yeah. The simple life will be okay with me as well. You know, so. No, with you it won't. What? No. I wouldn't want... You're, you're hungry for... Like, I, you remind me of me also. You know, when I came to this country, man, I had like no money, dude. Like I, I came here with... I remember how much I had. 
because I converted the only money that I had in Australian dollars, mm. which was 5,000 Australian dollars, which was a gift basically given to me because I had just got married. It was like a marriage gift, mm. right? I came here on about 11, I had 11,000 dirhams to my name. I knew no one, man, like 11,000 dirhams. Mm. My salary when I moved here was 12,700 dirham. That was my salary. Yeah. And I went, and I packed my bags and I came and I said, well, let's see what happens here, mm. you know? But yeah, you are hungry and I was hungry and I had a plan to keep going. But, you know, I've lived that simple life, man. My first car was a 1988 Mazda 323 hatchback, which was my Tata's car, which I ended up buying off of for like 2,000 dirhams at the end of it. He's you a know? great speaker, huh? Like, right? I don't need to, uh, this is flowing. <laughs> no, but like I'm saying, like that, that simple life was what I had. Yeah, you know, my like parents it. were, my parents gave me everything that I needed. Yeah. But what I love about them, they didn't give us handouts. You know, they didn't... <clears throat> You know, if I needed money, yeah, They equipped course. you to do your own. Yeah, but they're not like, here's a house for you, here's this for you, there's... Nah, man, we were all, you know, and all, all my siblings are doing... One of my sisters is a doctor in philosophy. She teaches at New South Wales University as a lecturer. She's one of the best photographers in Australia. Nice. You know, my other one is a was an amazing graphic designer, now getting into nutrition. My brother is one of the best um, sort of advertising salesmen in Australia. He got 30 under 30, and now he's on a TV show in Australia. Nice. So the three of us, were all doing our thing, and I love that my parents, they equipped us with what we needed, but they weren't... Here's some money. Didn't spoil you. Here's yeah. a house. Because it never, it, it taught me from the young age, at the age of 13, I got my first job, you know, to, to make sure just work, man, hustle. No one's going to give it to you. And I think that's really important that people that are sitting on Instagram and these guys are all of a sudden want to open up podcasts and be TEDx speakers and all that, like prove yourself. I've been asked to do certain speeches. I've said no to it. I'm not ready, man. Let me, let me, let me live my life a little bit more. Let me build enough in my career to tell my story. Because I haven't told, I'm not, my story is only beginning really for me. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I relate. Um, tattoos. Yep. You have patience, is yeah, it? Yeah, patience right here. And you have the, they, they want to bury me. Good on you. They'll try to bury you. Yeah, but you're, they tried to bury they me. They didn't know that you're a seed. They didn't know that I was a seed. Why those two? Two things. I got this one, patience, because um, I've learned patience is very important, man. I got patience, though, also during a divorce. Anyone that's gone through a divorce, you know, there are different levels of divorces. No one ever has like a fantastic divorce. Like, hey, let's yeah. get a divorce. It's never like that. You mine, know? mine, I think, was, uh, it's, again, I, I agree. It's like we say in uh, Islam, it's called abghad al-halal, means the least halal thing to do. It's halal. It's you halal, should do it. it's, a, it's at the, the bottom of it. Not favorable. So, How was that, by the way, with the family? Uh, look, when my mother got divorced, Chris, it was a shock. Like, even if you see the interview with her, you'll know, like, it was bad for her. Yeah. And I saw, I was actually in Boston studying, but I could tell how much she had to go through. Even her family went against her. When I got divorced, I think it was more acceptable. And me and my ex, we did it in a very uh, gradual, organic way. We separated first, then we divorced. And I think... It went as civil as a divorce could, could go, possibly which is go. Good. Alhamdulillah, and we're, we're okay, and I see the kids as, as often as I'd like. And, but with you, I don't know if it's the same story or not, but like you said, divorce is not... Divorce is horrible. It's not... If you, uh, never, not if you, don't, if you never have to go through divorce, don't go through it. I always tell people, if you're in a relationship, do all you can to make sure that it is over. Hmm. Remember that. Do all you can to make sure that it is over. We were seven months separated. Which is okay. I think See, which we did, and we were nine years married. So it's, it's not like a walk in the park. It wasn't like, yeah, you gave it seven months though, which, yeah. you know, in, in my marriage with my ex, and we're, we're in good terms now, but we weren't. It, it was war for a couple of years. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't nice. Um, but you grow, and then you look back, and then you both have your own lives, and you realize, ah, it's all good now. Life is not worth having grudges. 100%. It's, it's never. heavy. But patience was me because it was, it was, a, it was, I was doing my radio show, man. I was, you know, I had to, I was, do, I had to, I was in Sydney because we, we, had, we, had, we were going through courts. There were courts involved, right? So I was going through courts here. I was going through courts in Sydney. Wow. I was doing my radio show in Sydney into the UAE. I was going to court then getting on the radio saying like, you know, it, it, it was all these emotions going through. And when you got kids involved, it's never easy. You no. know what I mean? It's never easy. Divorce if you just got no kids. Kalas, finish. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. How much you want? 
you know? Yeah. But when there's kids involved, it's next level. It's complicated. So if you're, ever, if you're in a relationship right now and you're not happy in it and you're thinking about divorce, I always say, that's okay, you can have those feelings. And you can talk to couples who have been who have been married for 60 years and you can talk to them and say, well, there's ever a time in your marriage that you wanted a divorce, I guarantee they'll say yes. Yeah, more than once probably. 100%, but they work through it. Now, I'm not saying you want to be unhappy in a relationship. You want to be happy, but set expectations for each other. You know, it's never going to be the honeymoon period 24-7. For sure. You know, and I find that sometimes when people get into relationships, they think, oh, well, it's not how it was when we first met. Of course it's not. When you buy a car, it's amazing the first couple of years. Ten years down the track, the car needs work. And that's what a relationship is. You need to help each other out. My divorce wasn't great. Where I am now, it's fantastic. I think the kids are in a really, really good position. They both seem really, really just happy, which is the main concern. You know, so that that patience was for that because I just knew that this is going to take time and to be patient. And it's funny, that word patience that I have tattooed here, now I take into business. Mm. I want everything now. And I have to tell myself, Tranquilo. Just relax. Mm. It's going to come. Yeah. And it does come and it falls into place. Yeah. You know, I look at life sometimes like Tetris. Remember Tetris? Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, a thousand I just, I just see yeah. the little bricks falling in place. Sometimes they don't. But then we try to get him in and we're bringing it down. And that's where I'm sort of at with it all, you know. And the second... Uh, the second, second one, they tried to bury me, but they didn't know I was a seed. I freaking love that, man. It's a good one. Because think about it. Think about it. They try to bury you. They bury you into the ground and you just grow. But what made you Because, feel again, that just it, that wasn't so much just divorce. That was just everything in life. People, I've got haters, people that would come at you would judge you, would think you're not going to be able to do what you do. You know, I have, I mean, I, as we talked about it earlier on, I've got lots of haters, mm. but they'll try to bury you, but they don't know that you'll always keep growing, you know? And I that, think we're lucky, Chris, that the majority of people who know us like us. So mm. I would say seven out of 10 maybe for me. Yeah. But the three is fine. Um, I think if it's 50-50, it's not that great because some people are like, even if they hate you, at least you're popular or you're doing something right. No. If the majority is hating yeah. you, it's bad. 100%. But I think a bit is normal because you're, you're making a difference. It's fine. It's good that they don't like you. Not everyone can please you. And it's these people that don't know me. If it was someone that I knew, if it was someone that I connected with and spoke to, and they were talking to people like, I can't stand Chris Fade. He's an, mm. he's an asshole, you know. Then I'd be like, all right, hold on a second. Why? Tell me what I've done. Yeah. I'm, I'm straight out, though. Like, I'm very abrupt. I will tell you how it is. My team around me that work with me at the station, they know exactly how. We work. We're like family, man, but they know me straight out. Mm. I will tell someone straight out how it is, and people are like, oh, awkward. I'm like, it's not awkward. I'm just cutting through all the BS. Let's get straight to it. This is it. This is what I'm saying to you. This is what I believe is going on, and this is what I feel like we should do. Mm. You know, and... That's how, that's really how I want to live my life now. I don't want the BS. We time is everything. So let's cut through it. Let's get let's get down to it. I'm very respectful. I want to make sure that I'm always respectful to each other. My main aim right now as I turn is you form that wanting to give back. And now I'm hitting that stage of my career that I'm giving back where I possibly can. Mm. You know, I've I've formed with a charity called the Fred Hollows Foundation, and last year I went to Nepal. It's bringing back sight to people that need that need to see again. Yeah. And for like seventy dirhams, you can get someone to see. Mm. So these sort of things that we're doing now is where I'm getting that self satisfaction from, and it's really important to get that self satisfaction. You need it within yourself because you're doing all this cool stuff. And you I have know, to give back. I get to do so much cool stuff. And I, I was just at the Oscars and then I'm with Kevin Hart. Then I'm Will Smith helped me with my proposal. Like it's happening so quickly. Sometimes I've got to sit to myself and go, Oh man, we're doing really well here. Do you meditate? No, no, huh? no, I don't even read. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I feel guilty because I don't read because no, I made the rule this year that I read at least two pages before I sleep every night. I, I Two made pages a, is nothing. I made a rule that I check my Instagram, my Facebook before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but I, the, the reading thing is something that I may look into good. doing because I want to read more. Only yeah. be, I'm, I'm not a great reader. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I have a lot of books. I go to Kinokuni. I get overexcited. But then to, in the year, I'll finish four, three. Like it's not. It's very good. Though. I just finished something. When I read, I skip. That's the problem. You can. I don't have the patience to read. I uh, start reading. Yeah, and I'm we need like, to reflect. <laughs> No, you need to get the right book. The yeah. right book will. will I read. You. I read Andre Agassi's book. And I want to read that. That's yeah. very good. 
Yeah. I, 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 that was, I think I can read those type of stories when it's real life and I can relate to it. I have you know? two, uh, two questions before I go to my next chapter in my okay. head. Um, how was it being a single dad? If it, if it applies that way. Cause I know you took, you, you brought them up mainly, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a mutual thing right now. Mom, mom, we're both in their lives, which I think is really, really important. Um, but raising, yeah, raising two girls is really amazing, you know, mm. you know, it's not like, that why I'm asking. Cause it's uncommon yeah. that like in, when I got divorced, the kids are with the mother, yeah. but I see them very often. Yeah. It's uncommon that the father has to bring up, especially daughters, like you said. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful that how it all ended out, especially with my ex. Like, I'm grateful how we mutually came up with my, my ex does a lot of traveling. So it's consistent where the kids are with me for the, during the week. And then on the weekends, they would see their mother, which is good. And we're always in contact. Everyone's got phones. It's like a 24 mm. seven thing, right? But the, 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 the two girls, like, man, it's, it's amazing. Like, it, that's what makes you softer. You know, I went through a real realization in the last couple of months, which was I'm getting married again at the end of the year. That was my next question. Cool. Okay, which we'll yeah. come to. Yeah. And I want to have another child, as does my new wife. Um, new wife. That sounds weird. <laughs> mm. As does my wife yeah. <laughs> to be. Yeah. And I, I wanted a boy, right? Cause I've got two girls. I want a boy. I want to yeah. have my, I want to have my little, my little man running around. I want to dress him up in my gear. Yeah. And I've wanted that. And I said to, uh, I said to Brianna, my fiance, I said, you know, we could go to the States and they, they can make it happen. Yeah. You know, I thought, but that's sort of like wrong at the same time. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I don't know, man. Anyway, then Kobe dies. Oh, that was, that I took badly. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe passes away. Kobe was one of and top three of the AB talks. Really? Yep. And, and, and it was just when Kobe and his daughter passed with the seven other souls on that helicopter, I, I remember it like my fiance's from LA. She called me up. It was like 2 a.m. in the morning or something. And my phone rang. I was like, yo, what's up? She's like, she's crying. I said, what's wrong? She's like, Kobe died. And I was half sleeping and I was like, I didn't really understand what was going on. I was trying to fathom what, what happened, you know? Mm. Anyway, that, the girl dad hashtag and just seeing how he was with his daughters. Oh, it would kill you. Yeah, and I got my two girls. I told you, I told my girls, I love you and touch. I was holding them even to the point where my youngest one, Kiki, was like, yo, dad, what's wrong? Because I was just like, I love you. I love you. Just randomly, like throughout the entire days, yeah. right? But that made me think to myself, you know what? I'm just, I want to have another baby. And if it's a girl, I am happy to have another girl. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, it, it, it got out of my mind. I want a boy. But yeah, man, it's just being a father. And obviously I, you know, I do, a, I do a lot. I wouldn't want it any other way. I love it, man. I mm. love these little girls that look up to me every single day. And, you know, they both got their little characteristics and yeah. they're, total opposites to each other but they're best friends you know, I think it's fantastic you know and it's not easy being a parent is so difficult people don't tell you how difficult it can be you know and it's scary 100% you know you know you're never ready to be a, a father or a mother yeah. you just you just thrown into the deep end you know but the reward now of them 10 and 8 years old I just want to make sure that they're happy mm. want to make sure that they're healthy that they've got everything that they want I want them to have good values and respect and that's the biggest thing when I do their parent and teacher night interviews and I get the parent and I get the teachers, you know, their, their grades are, are pretty good. You know, I can't complain, but they, I ask them how they are and they say really respectful. Nice. Really. And that's what I care about, man. You know, that, that's what I want to be able to do. I want to make sure that my kids grow up with that respect. Now, both of us got divorced. Yep. You decided to get married again. You're not going to do it? No plans at the moment. Do it. But do it. <laughs> why would you do it again? Because it's, it's not easy. Because you'd be like, I need to make sure that this time yeah. it's different. This time I can't. Like, you know, you have the second chance. 100%. So why would you go through it? Because I'm a sucker for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I told myself that I wouldn't get married again or at any time soon. Hmm. But then I met Brianna. And again, both not wanting to be in relationships. It was about a year and a half after my divorce. 
Okay. And just not wanting to be in relation. She, she was in Dubai. She had flown in from uh, LA, took a job here, decided to do something different. And we just clicked. And again, it wasn't meant to be. We just really clicked. We weren't searching for love, either of us. And we rebelled against our relationship initially, but then we just realized it was like it was strong enough to be there. Mm. So I always had in my mind five years before I ever put a ring on another finger. Mm. And I did it five and a half years later. Interesting. You know, I felt like it was right. I still feel that it's right. And, you know, she's, she's unbelievable, an unbelievable woman, someone that has come from, she's a humble Mexican American girl come from humble beginnings, hustled and worked her way through her entire life and to see where she is now in her career. She manages actually the brand manager of my uh, snack company. And, you know, she was my assistant actually for a couple of years. Hmm. And that we stopped that quickly Yeah, because it was either... It doesn't mix, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mix. Either you're going to be my assistant or we're not going to be together. And Mm -hmm. so we both opted to part ways in the assistant role and... Now we're in a really, really good position and we get married at the end of the year. Nice. Inshallah. And, uh, All the best. Go, go again, man. Let's yeah. see. What, what I got you, the invite. What, you got it? Mm. Better be coming. Inshallah. But yeah, you never know. Like, I not, be, not inshallah. I need that. that you're gonna, no, if I can't for sure, I'll be there. You will be there. Yeah, yeah. But if, if I, I'm going into this 100%, you know, as I went in the first marriage, 100%. But you never know what the cards will, will deal you, dealt, like be dealt. But life is short. You need to give it your all. 100%. And I love it's her. the beauty and I, of and, it. And, and, and I, I would be worse off without her. I want her in my life. Nice. She wants me in her life. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. What are you afraid of? Death. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hypochondriac. Mm. So I borderline hypochondriac where because of my friend Mark, how he just had a sore throat and a cough, turned into a coma, nearly dead, yeah. that really effed me up. Like yeah. that put me on position where it's sort of like, <gasps> is he all right? Like, can I get a sore throat and that can happen? Yeah. So I'm always fearful of death and yeah. death in the respect of it only really came about, it only hit me when I had the kids. So I suffered from anxiety and depression. Interesting. Yeah, really, really badly for a good 12 months. Wow. You know, I was... Well, why this mix? Anxiety and depression together. It came, it came together because you're anxious and then you get depressed because you're anxious hmm. and it's a vicious cycle. And came at a certain time? Was yeah. It the divorce? It, was no, it? it hit me six months before my first child was born. Okay. And I didn't know what anxiety was. I'd never felt it in my life. Mine was more physical feelings. Like I had, now I understand it. I, I, I had a blocked right ear, right? Hmm. For about a year and a half, it it nearly drove me crazy. It's anxiety. It for anxiety. If it, your mind is so strong, yeah, your mind is so strong that I had numbness down both my arms for three months. I convinced myself I had multiple sclerosis. I went and had a brain scan, and the doctor said you're fine. Two days later, numbness gone. That's how powerful yeah, the mind is. I believe so. It brings on yeah. real symptoms. You attract it. Yeah. So when I had a blocked ear, it created this anxiety. And the anxiety was because I was 26 years old and single. Flash forward 12 months later, I'm in Dubai married with a baby on the way with 10,000 dirhams to my name, you know? So it, it was just, I, I look back at it now and that's what it was. It was just the accumulation of all, you know, pressures of being, having to do what you got to do, you know, and thankfully I dealt with it. But man, anxiety and depression is horrible. People don't get it. People don't understand what anxiety, people hear anxiety and think, oh yeah, you're a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, man. It's like, I used to struggle to do my radio show. So I used to open the door to my radio studio and, and, I, and I, I felt anxious just to do my radio show. It's this weird feeling, yeah. really weird. And so the depressiveness comes through with it. You, you get depressed because you're not out there living a life and you don't know what's wrong with you. And you're like, I don't want to tell people about it because I'm afraid to tell people. It's weird. People, man, 
it's so important to talk out. And that's why I talk openly and freely about it, you know. And how did I get over the anxiety? Not that you asked the question, no, but I actually wanted you. to ask, but thank you. I yeah. know. Is I went to the gym a lot, right? I used to be 128 kilos. And you, I don't know if you ever saw my transformation that I, I did. did. Yeah. I went from a fat whale <laughs> to an all right guy, yeah. right? And that is because the anxiety, I realized when I was at the gym, I was releasing those endorphins that everyone talks about and I felt better. Mm. So I, I started including that into my life a lot more. And, and that's where I started to feel better. I used to go see a psychiatrist and I got all these pills given to me. I used to take them, but I just stopped because I was like, you know what? You know, they'll try to bury me, but they didn't know that I was a seed, that I'm going to grow and be stronger. And that's, and that's where I'm at. That's where I was at. And it took a good 14 months for it to sort of wow. diminish. And it does come back every so often. Not the depressive state, but sometimes the anxiety state will come through. Very, very small. But you know what? Now I know it and I understand it and it's not my enemy anymore. Mm. It's like a friend where you'll be like, there it is. You know, the annoying friend come. Yeah, he'll come in yeah. for a little bit. You know, he's going to tell me, oh, yeah, you're going to, he'll say, oh, you're going to die because you've got a sore throat. I'll be like, shut up, bro. <laughs> come I'm here. Like, I know where we're at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's important. People who are suffering from anxiety and depression, like, you're not alone. So many people are going through it. I talk a lot about it. Yeah. Which is important. Even you know, suicide I talked about on Instagram recently, and I got so many messages. It's crazy. Man, suicide is huge. My, my uncle and my auntie took their lives together. They, they wow. took their life together. Wow. I had know? a friend who, who jumped off a building in December. This is horrible, man. Because mm. you don't know, you know that saying where they say, you don't know what people are going through. Yeah, I believe it. You know, right 100%, you don't know what people are With going some through. some people, you have no idea. And some people can handle it better than others. You never know what someone's going through, but some people do handle it better than others, right? So you can go into a workplace and you can see the guy going, oh, yeah, great, hey. Man, you don't know how, you don't know what's going on in his background, and Correct. that could be a cover-up. So it's really important. And that's why I talk about social media bullying so much. People just throwing shade on people that they don't even know. That's, that's, yeah, maybe you take it, me and you will take it like, oh, it's okay, it's hate, it's fine. Another and person can get really affected. It's so, and at schools, you know, my eight-year-old had someone come up to her at the classroom and say, your dad's not even funny, he's stupid, to my eight-year-old daughter. Wow. She came and told me that. She's like, daddy, someone said you weren't funny and you're stupid. I said, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you react? She's like, I didn't really say anything. I said, all right, well, that's all right. What is yeah, it? Kids can be mean. My kids are horrible. My, you know, my kid came to me and he said that somebody in his school, this is recent, like a few months ago, Goes to me and says, at least my dad lives in the same house. Oh. I'm like, who wow. thinks like you're, how old are you? Wow. That's, well, that's not coming from the kid. Yeah. That is coming from the parent. And from the house. That's the household. Absolutely. So when I hear that from other children, yeah. I only look at the parents. It's a reflection. And say, man, what are you doing? Because that's exactly what it is. His father or mother or someone in that household would have gone, that Chris Fade's not funny mm. and he's stupid or whatever. Yeah. He would have heard it, and he just sent it Repeated straight through. It. So that's what it is. But I told him, I said, you know, baby, that's, that's, I said, it's okay, honey. Yeah. And I said, you're going to get more of that as you get older, and that's cool. And then she's like, can we come up with comebacks? <laughs> I said, sure. So we sat down, we came up with some <laughs> nice. comebacks. Yeah. You know, but like it's – as long as they're – I'm real – I'm pretty real with the kids. I, you know, same, same. I let them yeah. – I let them watch movies that probably other parents wouldn't let them watch, but yeah. I'm like – they're going to see it. You're going to see it anyway. Come sit and watch it with me. Like yeah. we I like to think that we're best friends, man. Like like my girls will tell me stuff and when they tell me I'm like, "Yes, they trust me." Fuck. Which I think is important. Better in front of you than behind 100%, you. 100%. 100%. Yeah. What is your best moment in your life so far? Oh, wow, so many. Which pops in your mind? I mean, you can say the cliche and obviously saying the birth of the kids. Okay, if it is so. I mean, Worst moment. But that's also the worst moment, you know, like... Really? Man, I was in that operating room. I didn't know what was going on. Mm. You know, I was like, what's happening? I saw my, my ex-wife, their mother, like getting put to sleep with doctors <laughs> arguing, getting cut open. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, am I supposed to be here? Yeah. You know, like that was... it was a, People, people go into pregnant parenthood like... I used to hate when I'm, oh, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, my gosh, she's so amazing. She sleeps like... And then you get in it, you're like, man, postnatal depression, the kid doesn't sleep, colic, burping, this, that, that, what's, you know, sleep again, like, it, 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 the realness of parenthood sometimes is not 
explained conveyed. enough. Correct. You know, and then parents are suffering because they think that they're failing. And you would think that, and I think that. It's, we think that sometimes we're not doing a good enough job. And that's normal as a parent to feel of that. Of course, yeah. I don't think there's a parent going, I'm the best. And I know I'm doing everything right. We always think that we're not seeing the kids enough. We're not giving them what they need. That's why I think we're, I hope so, good fathers. Because we have that pressure that we put on ourselves. Which is good. I think I'm a better father after the divorce because I felt that extra responsibility that your time should be very quality time. What scared me, though, is a lot of people say that the first six to seven years of a child determines the next 30. Yeah. And I'm like... What have Majid is 10. I'm like, okay, Khaled, I have more I can do. Yeah, no, I, buddy, I, I don't think so. I just think so. You know, I like to show a lot of love and affection to my girls, and I'm sure you yeah. do the same with your boys. I think that's really important. People just want to feel that love. You feel that love, you, you feel it later on in life, you know, and sure. I think that's important. I was shown so much love as a child, and I think it really shows now, you know, yeah. a, a, a compassion. I'm comp- I feel like I can be compassionate to people because I feel that compassion when I was younger. But the best moment in my life is definitely the kids. But, man, my life is... Uh, you know, I'm so blessed, man. I'm so blessed to experience what I, what I get to do every single day. Best moments for me is just waking up and talking to people on the radio, man. Like mm. just hearing what they say, their stories. I mean, I, I want to really, I'll probably release a book one day of just Instagram messages that I've received mm. with no names. Yeah, it's nice. Just so you see what other people are going through, man. Got I'll it. get people come up to me who I've never met on the street or in my inbox and tell me about my husband's having an affair. What do I do, Chris? I'm being physically abused, Chris. Could you help me, Chris? Chris, I have no money and I need to get my grandmother who's dying of cancer money, Chris. Like, I have more than 5,000 of these messages. And I try to help where I can, but sometimes I can't. I just have to just, I see it in the inbox and I have to shut off because what do you do? You can't help everyone, but you realize the best moments of your life are the moments that we're living every single day. Waking up, going to work, having a coffee, doing my show, going to the gym. Yeah. Like that's my best moments of my life. Obviously there's peaks, you know, Mm. but the simplicity is the best, man. I take my kids usually to LA once a year. We go for four and a half weeks, hire a a minivan. My nannies come with me. We roll out as a family. Mm. Like I love them. (laughs) Go and have in and out. Do nothing. Go to the 99 cent store. Like, I love those moments because they're the moments that I know that the kids love. And they'll, they'll remember it when they're 20. They'll remember those times when they were seven, eight, nine years old Sorry. in America, you know? I like that. Any regrets? Um, <sighs> regrets. I mean, I don't want to say I've got regrets. Do I wish... No, I don't think I've got regrets, man. You you learn from your regrets. So if if I did things differently, I didn't get into radio till I was 24 years old, man. Like I was washing cars and selling clothes and I'm a qualified barista. I'll make you a coffee, the best one you've ever had. Mm. I worked in cafes for seven years. So sometimes I think, do I wish I got into radio earlier? You know, and I go, no, I'm actually happy where I'm at, you know. Mm. I think that all that other stuff gave me the the guidance to be able to do what I'm doing now. I, w- I mean, regretting getting a divorce, but it happens. You know, if someone said to you, do you want to go back and not get a divorce but be in an amazing relationship? Yeah. So, of course. You know, so I can't regret the divorce, but, uh, you know, I wish it didn't happen. But I, it did. I think it's okay. Like, I'm very much at peace with divorce as a solution, but I don't like the... The ones that don't try, like some, because it became a very instant gratification world. Yeah. Everybody wants quick wins, quick relationships, yeah, easy things. Married, that I'm against. I Work agree, on it. I agree. But if you really, like you said, if you're miserable and you really try, yes. it's okay. It's yes. fine. Thank you. You gave me part of your life. Yeah. I gave you part of my life and yeah. you respect each other and you leave in peace. Yeah. That's, that's very important as well. I think just that respect within one another and, you know, just making sure that you give it at you go. I hate seeing relationships just go. One of my friends just let his relationship go and I said to him, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, because it's two years time. It's not something that you want to come back to and go, oh, I've made a mistake. Yeah. Especially when there's kids involved. So. And especially with the ages of children, it's very important. Going through divorce at certain ages is different, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm grateful that when I went through the divorce that my kids were like three and five. Mm. They're a little bit younger, yeah. you know, rather than that 
8, 9, That's 10, 11, age, 12, yeah. 13, 14 year old, you so, know. So. so, you know, I'm sort of grateful for that. I have a question that I want you to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Nushi and Kiki, yeah. the nicknames. Yep. Um, let's say, inshallah, God give them a very long, healthy, happy life, stable life. 20 years forward. Okay. Okay. And they come up on uh, YouTube and they find this interview. Mm-hmm. And they click on it and they they see a message from you to them. What would you say to them in that message? Well, it's funny because I'll give you the message, but I, my, what I love about social media, and I only pray that Instagram will still be around in 30 years, is because... If you go back to my Instagram, it, it's a journey of their lives. Don't you wish that we could go to a platform? Yeah, I don't have many childhood. Uh, right? I mean, I've got photos that we had, but don't you, can you imagine right now you and I going through some digital things of you when you're three, four, five, yeah, six? It'd be beautiful. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. So I'm so grateful for the social media platforms and I, and I got to make sure that they're still around. But the message for them would be just daddy loves you. Daddy will always love you. Daddy's always here for you. He'll always do anything for you. There's nothing that I won't do for you. If you ever need me, daddy's here. And daddy did his best and he loves you. That's the message. Mm. That's the message for him. But they'll already know that. Yeah, you've shown them. Yeah. Um, fatherhood in one word. One word. Fatherhood in one word. I mean, you can say love, but it's cliche. I'm trying to give you another word. You don't need to try if that's how you feel. It's love, it's what you feel love is. So many words. Go, give me one word, Father. It's so hard. There's responsibility, there's love. I think it's a lot of purity. Yeah. They're so pure, man. Their love is so clean. Isn't it? Clean. You can be fat, thin, ugly, tall, bald. And pure, they, pure. And they say it, they say the realest things. Like yeah. they'll just say it. Yeah. Like I my, think it changed us a lot, huh? Father. Yeah, like. man, hundred percent. Don't you remember how you were before you were a father? Yeah, definitely did. That's why I think to my I can't I, I I think of people that are having children and they're not seeing their kids. I don't understand that, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't I understand that human beings can be cruel or can get used to anything. Yeah. If he doesn't see his kids, like I met a guy who divorced and he sees his uh, daughters, I think once every few weeks. And for me, it's like, what? How and why? But for you know, him, he got used to it and I don't think he justified it in his head. Yeah, the, I, I, and I think regret will come later on, I think. But what's really important for anyone, never use, and, and there was a horrible case in Australia recently. I don't know if you saw it. A family of, I think, two children or three children, husband, wife, mm. they separated and he couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the separation and he wasn't seeing the kids. I didn't see the, the full story. He burnt the entire family alive in their car. Wow. No, all, they all died. I didn't know that. And that was because they were going, he's obviously got some sort of mental, mental issue going on. Yeah. Oh, I just thought to myself, how could someone get to that stage of their life? And you just don't know. Again, you don't know what people are. You don't know what they're, they're capable of. Yeah, it's scary. But using kids in a divorce. Oh, that's foul, man. And it happens all yeah, yeah. Big the time. time. Yeah, you go against the father, father goes against the Always, always. And that's something that... It's very selfish. A hundred percent. You've got to be mature about it as... as as adults. Because they're going to love both parents. That's right. Natural. They will always love both parents. Mm. But you've just got to make sure that you don't ever use the children in any type of way when it comes through a divorce. And I hear it so often, man. Me too. You know, a lot of people come to me. I get messages again on Instagram or personally just about divorce, parents or a mother or a father going through a divorce, asking for advice. And I hear it. I see it all the time. She's keeping the kids away from me. He's Imagine. keeping the kids away from me. And I, you know, that, that, that makes me sick, man. Cause that's just kids. They're, they're not involved. They're you know, helpless. 100%. So if anyone's watching this 
and they are going through a divorce or anything like that, man, make sure that they see the ki- the father as much as they see the mother, the mother as much as they see the father. It's just so important for the kid's growth and not to use it as a pulling peg or a tug of war, you know. Interesting. Kristen in one word. Kristen in one word. Growing. Growing. Yeah. I like it. Growing. I'm still growing, man. I'm, I feel like I'm entering a new chapter now. Yeah. A new chapter of growth. I'm breaking. I'm all about breaking cycles, man. I'm always, I keep saying that to people around me. I keep saying it to me. Mm. We get into a cycle, be it your family cycle, your work cycle, and you don't get out of those cycles so. unless you break your cycle. If you, if you come from a family that drink and then you realize that you're drinking and you realize, you know, you got to break the cycle, man. You, you, otherwise, it's just a domino effect from what their father did to your father yeah. to their father. Correct. It's the same thing, man. It's break the cycle. If you need to break the cycle, if your family was a low-income earning family that didn't love each other, don't bring that into your family. Break that cycle, you know. Go and love and try to do more, you know, when it comes to your career and aim higher. Always break that cycle. I think sometimes we feel sorry for ourselves because we're like, mm, this is all I've got. This is my family. This is what we know. Great. That's what they knew. You know, exactly. we, we know, we know more now. So use the tools that we have. I get frustrated with people that you see who are talented and you're like, you're not willing to put in that hard work, man, and make it happen. People think with my career that it just happened. Oh. Dude, I, you know, I, I, I wish things just happened like that. Yeah, of course, like you, you know, you think, they think this office, this white room, this cameras, all this just happened overnight. No. You know, no. or you were just here, you go, and us, this is for you. I wish. Yeah, right? I wish as well. Mm. But there'll always be people doubting. I don't know if I actually, maybe I'll take that back. Maybe I don't wish because now I appreciate it. If I got it too easy, I wouldn't. Well, that's the thing. And especially in, you know, we see people who are just given things all the time. You know, you see it. You see the cars just given or the, here's, here's a nice big house for you. Take it. You know, how do you, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to take a house, take man. It, yeah. I'll take the house, dude. I'll take it. But like, what appreciation do you have if you haven't worked for it? You know, if you haven't worked for that, that one thing that you want, man. And now with my, the, this snacking company that I'm doing on the outside, like I'm working so hard on that. I really want it now. You know, I'm it will working. Come. It will come. I can see it too. Inshallah. I enjoyed this, man. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, man.